0: All right. Plenty of voice notes that are coming through 0605842250. It's a typical Monday. It's a typical reaction Monday. Uh, so give us any of those thoughts from the weekend and obviously being Marawa Sports Worldwide we go worldwide once again because why Claude Piole gave Leicester's players a final farewell on Sunday uh, hinted at a complete disconnect uh, that led to his sacking. Now the Frenchman was told of his impending fate on Saturday night on the back of Leicester's 4-1 hammering uh, by Crystal Palace at the King Power Stadium uh, earlier that day. Now their seventh game in a row without a win. Now Leicester's players were told of his departure in a separate meeting on sunday morning but pure uh, was also given the opportunity to say goodbye to his players before he left the club sure all right let me touch base with the man who'd know more than most Piers edwards a bbc world tv presenter uh, also covering a lot of what's happening on the continent of africa Piers, thanks so much for your time good evening
1: my, my pleasure, Robert. Good evening to you.
0: Oh, so much happening already. You know, when the, when the coaches' merry-go-round begins, was this a fair call from uh, Leicester City?
1: I think this was a, a call that the Leicester City fans have been hoping for for, for rather a long time. They just didn't see, uh, as you all have seen from afar, enough passion, enough camaraderie, and enough team spirit that uh, Claude Puel was was building in the club. I think his tenure was obviously a very difficult one. Let's not forget what happened uh, when the owner so tragically died in October. I think that bought Claude Puel a little bit of time, which he then uh, seized upon in December. If you remember, there were, there were good, decent wins against uh, big clubs like Manchester City and Chelsea. Mm. But ever since, it's been going the wrong way for Puel, and it seems to be going the way it was before the helicopter crash. And uh, he's just cut a bit of a distant figure on the touchlines, and, and you really get the feeling from watching that uh, the players were struggling to buy into his very methodical methods and his, his, his uh, attempt to change the way Leicester City play, and it just clearly didn't work for him.
0: I mean, it looked like a lack of flexibility again, Piers, but when, when you look back at their victory, it was when New Year's Day, when they defeated Everton by goal to nil. Like you're saying, that things seem to be... Quite consistent. When did the turnaround begin, do you think? Uh, You know, just bearing in mind his tactics that came into question a couple of times uh, from the fans, like you rightfully said, especially the use of uh, Jamie Vardy with the former England striker also publicly questioning his training regime. And we see him coming off the bench from time to time. Where do you think this disconnect happened?
1: Well, exactly. As you say, I think Jamie Vardy is a fantastic uh, case in point about the way in which Puel was trying to change things and failing. Let's not forget that he didn't even uh, make it into the starting lineup for their recent defeat against Tottenham Hotspur, baffling for most. But you can understand from a certain point of view what Puel was trying to do. He was trying to change the way Leicester play, less balls or fewer balls going over over the back of a defence for Vardy to, to run into and, and take advantage of the, the space in behind and do what he does best, which is, you know, sprinting into those gaps and scoring goals. Instead, Vardy was being asked to play more with his back to goal, not exactly the way he sets himself up to play, as I'm sure he will freely admit. Uh, he wasn't happy about it. He said he had to learn on the training ground a new way of playing. But for those of us who've been watching uh, Leicester for, the, well, how many years and how many seasons, we know that the key to their success and their main goal threat has, of course, been Vardy playing it that way. So it was a major, major gamble from Puel to try and change the tactics in that fashion. And obviously, it didn't pay off. And I think that's one of the big things the fans will look at. The other things that they're going to look at is, you know, these, these fans, like any fans, they want to win trophies. He fielded a weakened team against Manchester City when they themselves rested players in the Carabao Cup. And then there was, of course, the FA Cup defeat against Newport County this year as well. So just it was sort of slice by slice until Claude well. Could go And obviously losing 4-1 at home to once relegation threatened Crystal Palace uh, had to spell the end. And I think the last three Leicester City uh, managers have all gone after going six games without winning a game. And uh, that was enough. And off he went.
0: Oh. The talk will always be about the possible candidates, though, to take over from uh, Claude. Uh, any names, any big names or any <laughs> names that have come through Piers, at the stage?
1: Uh, so many names have come through at this stage. Uh, it's like anybody who's seemingly managed in the uh, the Premier League uh, era in recent times. They haven't mentioned Arsene Wenger yet, even though he is on the uh, the short list for the bookmakers. But the one man who is being heavily tipped with the job is um, Brendan Rodgers, the former Liverpool manager, now in chance of, uh, in charge of Celtic. But there's a feeling here that that may not happen until the summer, if it happens at all. Rafa Benitez, given the excellent work he's done with Newcastle United, is also being mentioning, uh, mentioned with a job. He came out today to say, you can expect what I'm going to say. I, I, you know, I'm not going to talk about the job. And then there are other people. Uh, David Wagner, recently sacked by Huddersfield. Uh, Neil Lennon, a former Leicester City player, the former Fulham boss, Slavita Yankanovic. There are a lot of names in the frame. I'm not sure how many of these names would really excite the Leicester City fans. Um, I just wonder if Leicester City might sort of look a little bit further afield or if they may feel that they tried something different with Quell. It didn't happen and they will go back a little bit more to basics and to what they've been doing so successfully and return and bring in a British coach and hope that that will re-energise the squad and get them going again because lots of people looking from afar, they all say this is a decent Leicester team. Mm. They shouldn't be 12th in the league. They should be in the top half of the table at least and they're underperforming.
0: I was going to say again, Piers, from where do they try and, and generate a thought to say we need a coach who's going to come in based on expectation? Yes, they are former champions, which was again in itself unexpected, uh, but they did. Or are they looking at it like from a Leicester City point of view where they are a mid table team who could, you know, now and again dip down into a relegation zone?
1: Well, that is them. I mean, obviously, I think we're all slightly skewed by the fact that they did have that ridiculous, I'm going to go with, Premier League title winning campaign not so long ago. Um, but, you, I mean, you could see what they were trying to do. Well, it didn't work. Now, I, you, the unrest from the fans has just grown and grown and grown. I think they just want a, a little bit of life back in the club, a little bit of spirit back in the side and, and then to see the team go at it. And obviously, as mentioned, fans are desperate to win things. If you see Leicester City fielding a weakened team in cup competitions they could conceivably have a chance of going through in, you're going to be very annoyed. I don't know necessarily who the, the perfect man for them to take. Obviously, I would assure that the fans would bite your hands off if you could offer them a Rafa Benitez, given the work he's done at, well, nearly all the clubs he's ever been to, building with very limited resources and improving them. But um, I, I wonder how quickly they will make a decision Leicester City. I think Powell's head had been on on the block for quite some time, if we go back to the end of last year and, and before the helicopter tragedy involving the owner. So they must have some idea of who they would ideally want to replace Powell. Whether that, that will come, who knows. But at the moment, there's a lot of names being chucked out there. I think it always takes a few days for these things to settle down. Even David Moyes has been mentioned as being interested in the job. Uh, I, I think give it a few days. I know that's not much help, Robert, but uh, yeah. there's so many names. The list is so long at the moment, it's hard to take it seriously. No, I,
0: I think it answers my question again, Piers, because hence the last question I asked you to say, what Leicester City is coming into the fray here? What are they thinking themselves as? Because, I mean, you look Ah, at a guy like Rafa Benitez, and um, he is below as far as Newcastle is concerned to where Leicester City are. So can they improve? And I watched a Newcastle player of the weekend and they play some great football. The touches, uh, you know, the interaction amongst the players, it was almost as fluid as having watched the Crystal Palace game, uh, which obviously put paid to Claude Puel. So there is a sense then that how ambitious are they aiming to be? Do they see themselves as maybe potentially soon again playing Europa League Thursday night football? I I don't know. What are your thoughts around that?
1: I would, I would have thought that Europa League is a very realistic target for Leicester City, absolutely. I think that's where they want to be. Obviously, they don't think for one second uh, that they're Champions League material, even though, of course, they have played in the Champions League not so long ago. But I would imagine Leicester would be absolutely delighted if they could get into into the Europa League. And that would be a realistic aim for them. Obviously, the top ten, the top half of the Premier League table would be the bare minimum, given the players they've got. But I think something like an outside European place is what they want. We know what the owners are like. We know they're sort of very progressive and they take their time and they're happy to build and to do things slowly and do things the right way. Uh, but this is going to be the first big challenge. For the, for this, for the new. It'll be really interesting to see the direction the club takes when, when this appointment is made. Because it'll show uh, big insight into what he's thinking and uh, perhaps answer your question.
0: Yeah, crazy stuff. How long do you think Mauricio Sarri has?
1: Oh, gosh, I don't think Mauricio Sarri has got very long left. I mean, he would just limp on. What is it? Tottenham they play on Wednesday, big defeat there. Surely he's going to be out of a job. Um, a lot of sympathy going on for Sarri here, it must be said. Uh, he's tried to cover up the fact, as I'm sure you've seen, about saying there was a misunderstanding on the pitch. But um, it was quite some misunderstanding. And why Kepper couldn't have come to the touchline to talk to his coach, I don't know. Uh, Sari, his hands seem to be tied behind his back at the best of times anyway. He wants to play a certain system. Sarri Ball, as it's been widely nicknamed, but to play the certain system, he needs to have the right players. Now, he doesn't have all the right players around his favorite player, which is Jorginho. That was one of the keys in Napoli. The other players around Jorginho, the playmaker in his team, were able to do the job and bring it up to speed. And he doesn't seem to be winning over the Chelsea players uh, on the training ground. He hasn't got time to to effect change because he hasn't got a transfer window looming. And even if he does have a transfer window looming at Chelsea, it tends not to be the head coach who makes the purchases, but the powers that be behind the scenes. And for somebody like Sarri, who needs key personnel to slot into his system, I think that's the big problem that I don't think he will ever be able to overcome. So I think his time at Chelsea, even before Sunday was limited anyway.
0: Oh, man, I wonder where he scribbles on those notes that he's constantly writing. Uh, I wonder what he was scribbling, actually, uh, when Keba just told him he's not coming off. He went, he sat down his scribble <laughs> and
1: scribbled. Thinking... I'm sure it wasn't principle.
0: <laughs> we'll chat again soon, Piers. Thank you so much. Thanks for the great articles that you continue to churn out. Thank you very, very much for joining us on MSW.
1: Pleasure, Robert. Good night. Always a pleasure.
0: Thank you so much. BBC World TV presenter, uh, that's uh, Piers Edwards, uh, joining us right here on hashtag MSW. What are your thoughts, again, on that uh, topic? Oh six oh five eight four double two five zero. Hey, guess what, guys? Guess who's on Twitter? He announced himself like the former president, Jacob Zuma, announced that he's on Twitter.